in the world. It's been two years since Myanmar's military seized control of the country. When the news of the coup broke on February the 1st, 2021, protests were held nationwide. But the fight between the military and those opposing the coup deepened when the ethnic armed groups demanding greater autonomy joined the conflict. The country now appears entangled in an all-out civil war. The military government promised to restore democratic rule, but has given no clear timeline. And as violence escalates, another crisis has continued to drag on since 2017, the ethnic persecution of Rohingya Muslims. Terrorized, hundreds of thousands of Rohingya fled to Bangladesh as they came under attack. Now some groups in Bangladesh say the Rohingya are a burden. And in Myanmar, many see them as foreigners and call them Bengalis. That's because ethnically and linguistically, they're considered closer to the people in Bangladesh and some parts of India. Diplomatic efforts have pushed Myanmar's military government to start a pilot project to allow the Rohingya people back to their homes in Rakhine state. But can their safety be guaranteed? And will efforts to re-establish democratic rule make progress? Find out more as Major General Zormin Tun, Deputy Minister of Information and spokesman for Myanmar's State Administration Council, talks to Al Jazeera. Major General Zormin Tun, thank you very much for speaking to Al Jazeera today. I'd like to start by asking you about the pilot repatriation project for the Rohingya refugees. Could you give me some more details about the project and when it'll start? Regarding Bengalese in Rakhine State, their history, repatriation of them, what happened in the country, and their fleeing to Bangladesh, there are different views and opinions in the world about this. However, the issues related to Bengalese happened since a long time ago over different periods. These problems are not new. These problems happened since we were under British as a colony. However, they came to Myanmar in a large number to grow paddy rice when Myanmar was under British. At the time, both Myanmar and India were colonial countries. Regardless of the controversy, we see them as human beings. Regardless of their origin or history, there are a million people living just across the, the border from Myanmar in Bangladesh in terrible conditions. Their homes are here. They're desperate to come back. Do you welcome them back? We welcome them always since the problem with Bengalese happened under the last two governments. We always tried to accept them, welcome them. There were agreements between Myanmar and Bangladesh, kind of memorandums. There were two agreements. We tried again and again to follow the agreements and uh, welcome them. We built reception centers 
with the help of China and Asian countries and other countries. It has been almost a decade that you know we built these reception centers. We invited international diplomats and showed them around. If we are not willing to accept them, you know, we don't need to do these things. Can you guarantee their safety? We guarantee their safety. We have done necessary measures for their safety. Initially, we expect to receive number between 1,000 and 1,500 of them to come back to Myanmar. They will stay maximum two weeks in the reception centers. Then they can go back to their villages. We have done security measures in those areas for almost a decade. Many of these people fled murder, arson, their villages were burned, rape in many cases, at the hands of your own soldiers. That was six years ago. What's changed now? You're in power. Can you be absolutely sure that won't happen again? Well, I think this question is one-sided because this events occurred for no reasons. What I want to say is we explain about this not only because of our policy and news. I personally have served in Budidam Mountain region for three times. So in total, I, I served in Budidam Mountain region for almost a decade. I have a lot of Bengali friends. So what I'm saying now is not only based on news and policy. I'm telling you on this on my own experience. For many, many years, Bengali local ethnic people and government staff, we have lived peacefully. We need to point out about the root cause of the problem. The root cause was not Bengalis, not local ethnic people, not local security forces. It was because of the ARSA terrorist organization. They instigated people there. They forced out ethnic Rakhine, Muro, and Thad, entire villages. The world knew that, or maybe some they pretend they didn't know it. Then killings between communities happened. Of course, there have been killings between communities. However, we have done to make sure that the region is safe. Of course, some Bengali people run away, but the number of Bengali in Budidam Mountain region is a lot more than those who fled the country. The military coup happened in 2021, 2020, sorry. Um, you've said, your, your government has said there will be elections, that the return to democracy will be swift. Do you think the elections are still on track to happen this year? Our Prime Minister and the Chairman of State Administration Council has already said repeatedly, we guarantee both our people and international community that there will be multi-party democratic system. 
and a UNICEF based on federalism and democracy. We guarantee these two solidly, but the basis for these two is the multi-party general election, and we're going to hold elections this year. Well, it's hard to say the time frame for this. To hold general elections, we expect to hold it across the whole country. It must be free and fair. But to be free and fair, both voters and candidates must be free from any sort of pressure and threats. As everyone knows what's going on in Myanmar now, after a democratic trans transition in 2010, they have been elections in Myanmar. There are more than 300 townships in the country. In the 2010 election, all these townships, we held elections. And then in the next two elections, we were not able to hold elections in all these towns. First of all, we wanted hold elections in all these 330 townships. We expect to hold elections in at least 328 towns. But when we do security analysis, 198 townships are really peaceful and safe. 67 townships, we have to be a bit careful with security. And there are also other towns that we need to be a bit more careful about security. So to hold elections all over the country and to, to make sure it's free and fair, there are challenges. But, you know, some people question about it. Uh, and they said, so if, there, if you can hold elections in 198 regions where they are safe, you can do elections there. So that is about over 16% of the country. Or like you can hold elections where you can do. But our election system is unique. Members of parliament elected in the elections have to call parliaments in the states and regions level and at the union level, um, president will be elected. The president will, president will be elected through, through three different groups and uh, chief ministers for states and regions, president will appoint them. We are talking about the 330 townships across the country. For example, in KR State and Chin State, when you look at these regions, there must be conditions that they can call parliaments in line with the people's desire. We have to look at the regional state governments, so there are some difficulties. I wanted to ask about Aung San Suu Kyi, the former first minister. She won every one of those elections that she was able to stand in. Overwhelmingly, she's now in jail, probably for the rest of her life. Is there any opportunity after elections for her to be released, to be pardoned? 
Well, for this question, we told that the NLD party has won the election, but Prime Minister and the Chairman of State Administration Council have also said that you know the NLD party has won the election. Also, our Prime Minister has said that the NLD party would win the election since before the election and also after the election. But what happened was voting fraud uh, with the voter registration, basically, we invited diplomats and press to explain with all the information and facts and figures. Uh, what we understood is they are really they were really eager to win the election. Um, they did these things. As I've said before, MPs were at the government guest house in Nepita. We, we went to see them. Among the MPs, they were not honest with the election process. You know, the military can take over power. We know that we didn't do it. We told them to face justice. So some of them went home, and they remain peaceful. But some chose armed insurgency. Okay, regarding Dawson Suji, she was charged with corruption and criminal offices. I think there's only one. We maybe we can say about Politica that is, she used improper influence on the election. She and her president Uemian used improper influence on the election commission. She was put on trial for criminal offences and corruption. Regarding her freedom, we can't say for sure now. It's difficult to talk about politics, political situation, international situation. Could be anything could be possible. We're coming up to Armed Forces Day, uh, a day when the Armed Forces in Myanmar are celebrated. We're going to see an awesome display of armor, artillery, air power. But there are accusations at the moment that Myanmar's army is directing these forces and all of their might against its own people. Reports of massacres in Kaya State, Kayin, uh, Sagang. When you hear these accusations, how do you answer them? For the military, our responsibility is to protect external threats. And our responsibilities are to protect our people our, uh, for the smooth transportation network. When we do our duties, uh, you need to look at the terrorist acts. We try to solve electoral fraud through dialogues. And we try to solve it politically. We had time for a few months between November and February. We issued at least official statements for at least six times, and the whole one knew that. 
but they chose insurrection and insurgency. What really happened in Myanmar was until now a military police forces or other government staff, not really them, according to police records, so far there are 4,003 people who were killed allegedly as spies. They also are people. Even the PDF terrorists or NEG and CRPH terrorists, they also are own people. No foreigners will come die for them or for us. Only our people die. Since President Ute Sein wants power, our position has been that even ethnic armed groups, we see them as our own people, our own nationals. No foreigners will come and die for them. I'm not saying this on the like discriminating between nations. We have to do any necessary measures because ongoing battles and attacks. PDF claim that oh they won fight when when they won, but when they lost the fight, they would say oh military killed the people. It happened not now since long time ago. It's also the same in the international community in other parts of the country other parts of the world, like in the Middle East. We don't want these things happened. Even yesterday we met with Myla and SSPP groups. We have signed agreements with them. We have been working hard for peace. But for the security and safety of people, we have to do any necessary measures. I was going to say that there are well-documented uh, massacres, frankly, in uh, places like Pakant, uh, Moso in December 21, uh, two weeks ago in Penluang, where tens, in some cases, more than 100 innocent civilians have been killed by Myanmar's military. Are these soldiers who are out of control, who are acting on their own, or is this a direction from above, from the senior generals? First, I want to talk about what happened in Parkhand. I understood your question about this. We attacked a, a position of KIA. When we carry out this mission, most of the casualties belong to the KIA. Only two civilians died, not more than that. It, it was a music festival. I think it was a well-documented music festival. It may have happened in KIA-controlled areas, but it was well known that it was a music festival. Okay, let me tell you this. This festival was organized by the KIA, and only KIA and their associates were there. Can we consider them as civilians? For example, in Middle East, there was Beladin's group. Can we separate member of Beladin's group and their supporters? What happened 
in, in Kachin State was organized at the KIA camp. Um, most casualties were from the KIA battalion number six. Some people said, you know, like singers dying there. Actually, later that singer had to explain that he's, he was still alive. What happened in there was you know, the, the region, the place. Nobody can go there, only KIAs and their association can go there. It's their controlled area. Also, what happened in Tantalan, in Chim State? Tantalan is a beautiful place. The town is a bit far from where the military is. Only the PDF terrorists walking around the town. So like their IDPs, internally displaced person in the hard couch capital of Chin State, they know what happened. Even a member of advisory board for the State Administration Council, he's an ethnic chain. He also know that. He know what really happened there. What happened in Tantalan was because of the CNF, Chin National Front, because of their instigations. Two and a half years ago, Myanmar was growing, developing fast. Its economy was booming. People were working. There was development that hadn't been seen for decades. Now it is growing very, very slowly. As by your own admission, a third of the country remains out of your control and insecure. Do you really think the coup was a good idea, looking back? I think it's better to talk about it based on facts and figures rather than emotions. There are internationally recognized information about it, not only our information. Regarding the economy, in 2020 and 2021, the COVID-19 pandemic broke out in 2019. After that, the economy was slow, same as in other countries. At the time, our GDP was minus 5.9. After we took power in 2021, our GDP growth is no longer minus 5.9. Our GDP growth is 1%. And for this year, Myanmar's GDP should be around 3.4 and 3.5 at top. I think it's better that, you know, economists and the international experts should review this. We have put a share for economy because of our natural resources and international aid. After we came to power, all the international assistance were cut off. All the promised aid were cut. Only some ongoing projects remained. However, we carry on. Of course, there are multiple problems in this area. We had to take power because of voting fraud. But when it comes to the democracy or multi-party democratic system, we believe we, we, are, we were able to resolve 
the issue that emerged from voting fraud. Maybe there are diverse viewers' openings on this, but we have a, we stand on a position that we guarantee multi-party system, democratic system, and a union system based on democracy and federalism. That's why we've been meeting with EAOs, ethnic M groups, and we are working hard to build foundations for that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for speaking to us.